into the hemp wick. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen that are listening, this is recorded, but we're not actually live yet. So you are listening to Comfortably Uncomfortable Conversations, and we do want to um, acknowledge some stuff, but we're in the process of going live. So bear with us, because this is the first time we've ever done this. I think I think we're up. My head top. I'm gonna get this hat on. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'm trying to like I'm looking at Zoom and I'm looking at the YouTube at the same time to make sure it's going. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it says live up there, so I can see. That's so interesting. Okay, I'm gonna mute the YouTube. Go back to the Zoom. All right. You are listening to Comfortably Uncomfortable Conversations with your host, Devin J. Hall. We respectfully acknowledge that we are blessed on the land upon which we gather, live, and connect. It is the traditional unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples, specifically the Kwantlen, the Katsi, the Samyamu, and the Tawasan First Nations. And this is, this is weird because, so it's on YouTube streaming live with a 15 second delay. And then I have my Zoom <laughs> going at the same time. Yeah. And I've never done this before. So I'm, I'm brand new to the era, area of YouTubing, as they call it. My guest today is Chantelle Philpotts. And as she takes her bong hit, I'm, I'm super stoked about this guest because I met you for the first time in our Bud Sisters meeting last week. And somebody mentioned CBD. And Miss Chantelle is just like, word vomit of information <laughs> that I didn't know and I'm in the cannabis industry I work with Education, which is a an amazing group of of educators who are trained in cannabis and I still didn't know all the stuff that you know so I'm excited to have you welcome Chantel oh thank you for having me Devon I absolutely am so blessed to be here Anytime I can talk about cannabis, I'm there. I don't care. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for actually asking me to come do this with you. It's absolutely, I'm, and it's the I'm first glad you said yes. To, yeah, no. Why, why would I say no? This is an excellent opportunity to connect, um, really talk about things that, you know, as you said, like there were some things that you didn't know. I'm sure there's things that I don't know as well, but as soon as we put it out there, questions are going to be answered and stuff like that. So I really like this. That's cool. So what are you smoking today? I have Jean Guy by Seven Acres, as okay. well as Raider Kush by um, Riff. And so I'm trying both of them. And they're actually pretty, they're okay. Like, um, underneath the microscope, when I looked at it, um, I could you say like- you weed under the microscope? Yeah. Um, I have about three different microscopes. I usually wear one around my neck, but I, I put it down the um, over- there actually can i go get it wait one second mm. okay go get it so that i can show you what it looks like um i mean i get it weed under the microscope has got to be beautiful it's yeah it really is and you really get to learn um so many different things about cannabis um and the health of the cannabis just by looking at it uh seeing the pigmentation seeing the that whether or not if it's a capitated stock or like glandular or non-glandular or what have you um, to see what's happening there. So it really gives you a precursor of what you may experience. But um, so I found that some of them like the um, Raider Kush 
um, I don't know if it's because the container I was in, because it was in such a large seven gram container. Maybe it was just getting beaten up in that container. So it lost some of its trichomes, but it was still an all right smoke. I was really pleased with the Jean Guy though uh, by Leafly. Um, you can tell- I just didn't know Leafly sold weed. No, no, not Leafly. What am I talking about Leafly? No, I saw Leafly on my, my uh, computer by, <laughs> by seven acres. We're not at all stoned yet. This is like, the puffs have just been taken. Okay, like it hasn't even hit the head yet. Listen, like I stay high. Like <laughs> I am literally always, I'm always like, even I don't even, I'm perma, I wake up and I'm high. And I'm like, it doesn't even, my mom, she told me, when I told her that I started smoking cannabis after age 18, she's like, wait, no, you started in like grade seven. And I was like, no, I didn't. Like I was straight and narrow until 18. And she's like, so you're telling me that's how you were normally? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like I, that's why I was just high off life. So um, nothing really changed. A lot of people couldn't tell the difference if I was high or not. I'm just always like this type of weirdness no actually i get a lot worse for sure like john gee made me question the universe for a second there yeah and i was like i haven't felt that way in a minute i saw I, that you I, tried the, the tuna the rock I, I, yeah i'm smoking it today i tried tuna yes or today and then yesterday i did um pink something it wasn't a kush i i i'll look it up later but oh god it was terrible like it just sent me into such a panic attack and it like everything. I was watching Luke Cage one minute, and the next minute I'm crying and I'm like, oh, I'm so miserable and I want to die. And I was like, okay, this like is proof. <laughs> Some cultivars don't click with my body chemistry, right? Yeah. And uh, that was, I will never smoke pink mango. That's what it was. Pink mango? I have to search up what that is because that is interesting. It's terrible. It, like it smokes really nice. It's, it's kind of sweet, a little bit bitter. Um, it, it tastes a little diesely and you're like, it's, it's super chill. It doesn't make you cough too much. I don't feel too high on it, but I was definitely not comfortable. It's a mango or mango. It might be mango. mango. I, I'm not entirely sure. I find mango hate like mango ones are kind of, it could what? Okay. So can I ask you a question? Yeah. What type of um, cannabis do you usually enjoy smoking? Like what type of cultivar? What, what do they smell like? I should ask them. Um, how does That's it? That's a good question because um, like tuna doesn't, I, because I think I smoke too much like cigarettes. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't necessarily catch all the smells. It yeah. has to be something really specific and strong for me to be like, oh, that smells like X, Y, or Z. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I typically lean more towards what we would have formally referred to as indicas. Okay. Uh, and I, I think part of that, honestly, is psychosomatic. Like someone told me indica will make you more productive. So my brain's like, got to smoke indica. Whereas someone told me sativa would make you more sleepy. So when yeah. I smoke sativa, I tend to lean towards like, I just want to sit and vegetate and, and sleep. Oh, oh. Wait, so someone told you, because usually sativa, it's the opposite. I know what you're saying. And you know, somebody else told me the same thing the other day, but that's the that's the thing about sativa and indicas that we have to lose out on completely because sativa and indicas not 
going to determine what you feel. It's yeah. just the way that it grows. And some certain genetics, um, sativa or indicas, definitely have more sets of terpenes that are more energetic or more relaxing and stuff like that. But because it's so crossbred, especially here in Canada and America, like it's really hard to find a heirloom or a land race seed genetic that has um, good actual, like it's been breeded so much so that it's very con consistent. Some yeah. cultivars that we get, like you have like four different pink strains around the place and stuff like that. And they're all smoking differently and all sorts of whatnot. Like no one could really identify what it is actually supposed to smoke like. And that's just because we haven't given the seed enough chance to actually make itself what it is. It's always changing. I feel like the cannabis industry um, and by the industry, I mean like the growers and the people who are in charge of, of what gets grown it's sort of, it feels like they're just picking whatever seeds they can get their hands on mm. just to see how the market will respond to it as opposed to like, because I, I have tuna this month, but there's absolutely no guarantee that I'm going to get tuna next month because it might not be available, right? Yeah. And so until the market figures out how certain things are going to be responded to, it's still like, well, maybe you'll get this and maybe you'll get that and maybe you'll have this reaction and maybe you'll have that reaction. That's it can be really frustrating. No, and you're absolutely right. And that's why I'm hoping that we move into a model which is more um, convenient for the clients who are coming in. It should be based on what their needs, what your customers need within that area, um, within that block with for that store and stuff like that. You don't have to sell every single, all the same cultivars. Some cultivars won't sell in certain areas, um, like in Brampton and stuff like that. Some things would sell in, in my area of Brampton where I was working for really, really well. And the new place that I'm working, it's not selling at all. And it's just because the community is different. Like yeah. they want different things. They do different things. They have different responsibilities throughout the day, activities, all that stuff matters. But if every single store is selling the same thing over and over again, you have one store that has a whole lot of Rockstar tuna and they're not selling it at all. And the store that needs it no longer has access to it. And they're like, oh, because that the other store. And then yeah. the frustrating thing is that like, until we know what community needs what strains, we're asking a lot out of the industry because we're like, we need you. And you can't, like, I can't go to one dispensary, right? And get one strain and then go to a second dispensary and get a second strain. Because yeah. the dispensary is out here, you have to have permission from a doctor. And that's across the board. So wow. a doctor's only going to sign permission for, he's not going to sign permission for like eight different stores so yeah. I can get the three different strains that I need, right? Interesting that yours is like that because here, yeah, you most definitely can do just that. You can leave my store. And like in Ontario, there's like 1,000 stores pending to open, 400 already approved. Like there's so much more coming. And like you can literally go to my store, go down the store next, down the street, go to the next store, pick up 30 grams, go to the next one, pick up 30. By the end of the night, you have like 500 grams and you're relabeling and sell it if you want to. Like it is so loose here. And I'm like, how did, like Justin Trudeau said, he wants to do it for these strict reasons. But honestly, I'm like, this is not how it's going at all. And I truly believe marijuana should be in the hands of the people. But if you're going to say you're going to regulate something, then regulate it. Like what's happening right now? Um, and I think it's made I feel it like they're, they're using BC and Ontario and even Winnipeg as kind of like test cases. Like, let's see, we'll do it one way here and another way there. And it's like, that well, doesn't work for yeah. people. Because people in Ontario are ordering weed from BC and people in BC are ordering weed from Ontario. And you're not so like, 
like it just doesn't the way that they did it legally just doesn't make sense to me at all i've been saying honestly and i hope i don't get in trouble for saying this but this is just my viewpoint on the um on our ontario like a cannabis store honestly and i'm sure somebody will comment on this and i want to learn a little bit more because i've been questioning this for a while i don't understand how our retail stores, our cannabis retail stores are separate from the Ontario cannabis store. So the Ontario cannabis store is strictly online and they actually sell and provide all of the uh, products to the cannabis retail stores. Let's say like there's a cannabis retail store called Master of Marijuana, okay? I have to go to the OCS to get my uh, products to sell to my clients. But the OCS, they are the middlemen. Like the licensed producers have to give it to the OCS before the retail stores, such as myself, can get a hold of it. So it has to go through the OCS. But the OCS is getting it at a better price, then they can mark up their price and then sell it to the clients, the customers, whoever wants to get it, free shipping, better price point, okay? They sell it also to the cannabis retail stores like myself. Now I have to mark up the price and then sell it and I'm competing with the OCS while I'm competing with 400 different stores. And on top of that, the markup price isn't even that much. So the can cannabis retail stores like Master Marijuana, let's say, would be struggling selling cannabis. Like struggling, even if you're Absolutely. making money, you're still losing money. And I'm like, that's so how much does it cost for a gram where you are? It can cost as little as like $7 and like, or even $6, I think I'm seeing now. But so I think the last oh, time I saw it was seven yeah uh, by the OCS and they and it's just because we're getting stuff and the the um licensed producers are such large scale now and there's so many stores um that are opening up that they can afford to now draw back their prices because now competition has happened right it's not monopoly back in the day when it first started I saw prices that were like horrendously scary to this day I think there's a company that still sells their 3.5 grams for 80 dollars and I'm like there's a company out here that sells a gram for about 13 bucks which company is that? Do you know? I do know, but I'm not going to. Yeah. I don't want to get the phone call being like, uh, um, yeah. but yeah. And, and the thing that bothers me about that is if it's good quality weed, like if it's top of the line, like it's, if it's the shit that Snoop Dogg is smoking, I will pay 13 but bucks I'm, a gram. I'm saying like, is it rapper weed? Is that I'm not saying like, I'm not saying if it's the stuff he's selling, if it's the yeah. stuff he's smoking, yeah, I know because 13 bucks a gram. Yeah, that that but brown the is un, the unknowing smoker who walks into a, a dispensary for the first time is going to think, well, $13 is not too bad for a gram until they realize that on the street they can get it for five or six or seven bucks. Yeah. And they're going and buying street weed that has God knows what in it, that's been God knows where, that hasn't been cleaned, that hasn't been checked for mold, and they're getting sick. Well, this is the thing though, like I, I just missed the, cause going into the government model, I found it's just gotten so, so strict. It's lost that like human, like, you know, that um, I don't want to say necessarily it went corporate because that's not what it is. It's just people are putting up a front, you know, like this is the business and this is how it is. But like, if you go somewhere like on a reserve, it's like a nice communication, interactive. The prices are amazing, first and foremost, but um, they get it from actual places as well, like actual places who are selling it to other different um, places who have contracts with else, um, licensed producers and stuff. But it's just like, I'm finding that a lot of the cannabis retail stores that are opening up, 
it's very minimal that are actually caring about the client's experience. Like at a reserve, you can smell the cannabis. At a licensed um, retailer, you can't because we have the seal on it. But then there should be another way for us to interact with them so that we can make sure that they find the perfect cultivar for them. But it's really hard and minimal. I, I do see it improving though. So, and it's only two years legal. Um, so we're still technically a baby to a certain degree. Um, and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of people jumping into the cannabis um, industry in many different ways. So I think it's really cool. I think um, that is the perfect segue to lead us into my next topic, which is sisterhood in the cannabis industry. Because yeah. you're a bud sister and I'm a bud sister. And literally like, since I joined, there's not been a single interview where someone hasn't been like, you're a bud sister. Yeah. And, do you like, and I know you get this because I get this and I know Kadisha and, and Natalie get this too. This feeling of like overwhelming pride, like, fuck yes, I'm a bud sister. Yeah, no, I definitely, <laughs> my life has absolutely changed since I joined that group. Like, and I'm like, I couldn't even, I just posted something. I believe Anya uh, was the one that gave me the link to the bud sisters. And she's like, join here, like try it out. But it's so, I'm a part of a lot of different groups, but the Bud Sisters is so interactive. There's so many different things happening. The groups that you have, like the connectivity, the ability to actually talk to people in and know those people that you're in the group with, you know, not yeah. just posting things just to post it and maybe like here, maybe comment there, but you're actually having conversations like this happened because we were a part of the Bud Sisters. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, like the opportunities are endless. And I was actually telling um, Khadija the other day, like, I like I'm witnessing greatness like yes. I'm a part of it. like it's like greatness during this something like, there's something really stuff. special about um our chats and I don't just mean like our side chats when we're talking to each other individually but mm -hmm. when we're in a group and we're yeah. in, a, in a zoom where it's just us bud sisters there's always somebody in one of those frames that looks like you yeah. And that relates yes. to, so like, there was a meeting we had not too long ago. And I was like, I was in a sex cult and someone said me too. And I'm like, wait, what? Yes. Like, I'm, <laughs> what? Yes. Yes. I'm not the only one. And I'm not <laughs> the only one who looks like me and has been through this. Right. And that, that connectivity of feeling like you found your tribe. It's crazy. And the judgment is just not, it's not even existing. You literally no. can say, anything and it's like conversation conversation questions asking answers this that like it's so interactive to a point where it's like wow like this is an actual group I really do look forward to seeing and you're on my calendar and it's gonna happen like oops have to take a break at this time because I'm gonna go meet the bud sisters like you know even if yeah. I'm at work I got there have to... been people who have come into our chats on Wednesday or Friday nights and they're like I know my friends are here but I'm gonna deal with my bud sisters right now like everything yeah. else gets pushed aside, which is awesome. And the reason that I want to talk about, about that is because the one thing that we all have in common besides our skin tones is the fact that we smoke weed. Yeah. And we were talking about this, like black women don't talk about the fact that we smoke weed in public. Yeah. We hide it. I always found it weird too. And that's a true thing. Um, even like when you're watching Rastas and stuff like that, they predominantly like it to be males and stuff. There are women Rastas, no doubt and stuff, but when they're getting together and gathering and talking, that's the thing. So women don't really connect like that over cannabis. Um, Cause we're always told that it's so, 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 so dirty and bad and all this stuff. And so if we associate with our, like 
with it, we're just as bad. And honestly, black women get such a bad rap anyways. It's just like, oh my gosh, can I actually affiliate with something like this? But to me, it's always been an herb, like oregano, peppermint and all that jazz. Like it just, you know, makes me smile a little harder. Um, so I always thought like the importance and I never knew that this group existed. I'm telling you, when I first came into this cannabis industry, I was so nervous. I was like, I can't find people who look like me. I don't know if anybody looks like me and does this. I don't know if anybody can like, I can relate to and stuff. I try to follow people and interact with them. And I never really got a bite. As soon as I joined the Bud Sisters, I was like, wow, look how many of you guys are here. Like, I, Right? It's crazy. There's like 500 of us now. Yeah. And we're all over the world. Trinidad and like yeah. America and Canada and all over the place. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Which brings me to like the idea that we are alone this it's so funny when you think about like Indian men for instance I went to um a reception wedding a wedding reception a few years ago and mm -hmm. all the Indian men at the even the end of the evening kind of went off and did their own thing and it was a sort of expected that the women would just sit and knit or talk about womanly things yeah and to be a part of a group that lets us talk about sex and mental health and the physiology of being a woman. Like it just feels good. I look forward, those Wednesday meetings set me up for my whole week. Yeah, it's so nice. It's those, and I never thought of this ever being a thing. Like I, I just never imagined it. And I'm like, wow, like, and it's now one of those things that I'm always looking forward to because it really is just open. And because of Khadija, like, I've met so many people, like I've met so many people in the industry and she helps without even a blink of an eye. It doesn't even look like she's breaking a sweat. Sometimes it's just like, oh, Chantal, I got that you. That woman works so hard, yeah, like, like 24 hours a day. She is promoting Bud Sisters, whether it's yeah. like sending us for an opportunity or letting us know that an opportunity exists. Like whatever yeah. she's doing is about making sure that the Bud Sisters are first and foremost in her mind. And then you have Natalie who like teaching us how to grow. Yeah, I need to get when in When was the that? last time you heard of a black grower in the cannabis industry, let alone a woman? I need to. Yeah, you don't really see it too often, but it's true. <coughs> so many exist. It's just you don't really, they don't get coverage like that. But I need to connect with Natalie. I've spoken about it. I have my seeds. I want to start growing. And she just graduated, I believe, her horticulture class. Yeah, I think I'm she's so almost done. Did she graduate yeah. already? I don't know. I, I can't remember if I was told that she graduated just yet or she's close to graduating. I, I think, think she's, she's really close. Yeah, because it's April, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's when, yeah, the people graduate, what time they graduate. But nevertheless, she's close to it. She's going to get there. And I'm so proud just to know, like, wow, like, this is and, so, you know, like, there's so many people that would look at her and be like, you know, at your age, and it's like, not even at your age, like you have given birth to children, you had an entire life before this. <laughs> and now you're starting your second swing. And while you're starting your second swing, you're creating space for the rest of us to start our second swings. Like, it's, it's, it's phenomenal how much work they put into giving us agency over our own space. Are you okay over there? <laughs> I was trying to be as subtle as possible. And I was like, yo, maybe the tea will help. No, but I was listening to everything you're saying. And yes, I am so happy because a lot of people think that continuing education, especially at a 
an older age past 20 or something like that it's just oh my gosh it's so taboo like you have a family now this is There's your life a big thing about that yeah like I'm and when I was hearing and watching her talk about her school and stuff I was like that's gonna be me like I'm gonna have kids I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that but I'm always gonna be educated and she's I'm sure her children are so blessed to be able to ask their mommy something and she understands and knows what's happening in this current moment in time she can answer those questions and a lot of people forget like think that you know once you have kids or something like that your life's over it's done but no you the still thing that I like about her and, and Alan, who is her partner and, and her mm. husband and her true love and all the wonderful things. The thing I love about her is that she is showing young black women that you can literally have it all. You can yeah. have kids, you can have a husband or a partner, and you can follow your dreams at the same time. And we're seeing so much of that in our Bud Sisters group. Like so many women are like, oh, like Kadisha said on, on <laughs> I love her so much. She said on her podcast that I was the reason she started a podcast because oh. she was like, I oh. could do this. And I'm like, seriously, like me, because we often think that we are not worthy of inspiring other people. Right. And then oh when people are like, no, you inspire me. It's such a huge surprise. And it's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, you started the Bud Sisters and I inspired you really <laughs> no but that's the thing though you know that's that's the thing that's the thing it's breaking this idea of putting people on pedestals like yeah. we're so yeah. far apart of you like we're literally walking on the same ground breathing the same air like we're breathing in and out together like it's recognizing that and it's also being relatable to one another the moment I started seeing like everybody like is me and I'm everyone and stuff like that like we're experiencing this life together and stuff I started really getting and receiving my blessings and opportunities a lot easier uh, yeah. before I was very closed off and I thought everything was just happening to me and this but it's happening to everyone I'm not the only one at this point and that's what's really I don't want to say nice to know like everyone else is living in pain and stuff no but, but it is like I was <laughs> the other night I again I was when I smoked this weed I was so triggered and I don't honest to god I was watching Luke Kane like there's or Luke Cage there was nothing in there that was triggering, right? But all of a sudden it was like, bam, there it is. Here comes the misery. And I was like, man, I wish I was dead. And my second thought was, well, then who's going to tell my bud sisters? <laughs> like, who's, who's going to know to contact them and tell them that something's happened? I can't die. I got to stick around because I still haven't met these women, right? Right. And mm -hmm. that, that moment was so like, oh, shit. Like, I'm not alone anymore. I can't use that as an excuse anymore. Yes. Right? Ignorance is bliss until it's not. Until yeah. you, once you break that and you understand, like, you know, there are people who care about me. Like, you know, there's this, I'm actually doing something amazing right now. Um, and really believing that and doing the affirmations and stuff like that. It's so in, imperative and retraining yourself because every single day, no matter what's happening, you're being programmed. If, yes. if it's subconsciously or consciously, what have you. Um, that situation like I myself sometimes I'm like oh my gosh I'm like I'm so ugly or oh my gosh I'm so stupid and I have to be like whoa, whoa, whoa tell, take it back <laughs> you yeah. can't say that it's not like it's really not true like the beauty is in the eye of the beholder and stuff like that your blessings in the eye of the beholder like whatever you can see if you can perceive it and that way then it's probably going to be happening so um I really like the fact that you touched base on that one it's really it's cool. funny because Anya who is one of not, I mean, all my bud sisters are my favorite. So when I say one of my favorite, I mean, like, 
all y'all are my favorite because everybody (laughs) brings something different to the table. But Anya, who I'm probably the closest with just because we've been talking a lot more than I have with others. She said to me one day, she's like, you're my anchor. And I was like, oh, buddy, are you ever fucked? Because (laughs) (laughs) up here is a mess. It is just a mess up there. But the truth is that like my butt (laughs) sisters are my anchor. You know what I mean? Because there's always somebody like when I had to close down my t-shirt line, I went to Kadisha. When I wasn't feeling good about myself, I went to Natalie because I knew what they were going to tell me. They were going to be like, fuck off. You got this. It's going to be okay. Like give yourself a break. And that's exactly what we do for each other. And it just, it's, I can't wait until I honestly can't wait till we can all meet up together when we can like when we go from being internet famous to being like we're together bitches like just imagine what we will come yeah. up with on that day that would be really that would be there really so fun. much wine oh, oh yes and weed obviously yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's weed everywhere there'd be bouquets of weed and stuff like everything the arrangement there'd be incense burning weed like that's yeah. what I'm Natalie told me the other day that like a couple of guys have tried to get into the group oh yeah I'm not gonna lie that makes me feel pretty good I'm like I have this like haha you're not a bud sister moment (laughs) no but um I can see why like it's so inclusive and I'm sure everybody's constantly hearing about the bud sisters now and this is the bud sisters and this is what's happening and stuff and it's really interesting and you know what I hope all the power to them they make their own like bud brothers or something like that type of thing do it Bud brothers yeah but um this is like I, I really it's just so nice because what's coming up I the set the sex on uh Saturdays talk I really am so interested in seeing what that is um because women don't talk about sex enough I think that's a thing that doesn't happen enough which is well, that's because we're supposed to be good quiet un unassuming well-behaved women but like I've never found behaving to be particularly fun yeah (laughs) right (laughs) like I just don't enjoy it yeah if like if my mom walks out of the house and she's like can you wash the dishes there's this button that goes off my brain that's like I would have washed the dishes if you had had to ask me so (laughs) I don't want to no that actually that happens with the brain though sometimes like you want to take your own initiative and do something as soon as somebody tells you something it's almost like it's like a string attached situation it's it's the you've ruined it now because it's now i have to do it i can't just choose to do it um i want to talk about and we we've touched on this a little bit you did not start smoking weed till you were 18 yeah i mean i I didn't start like really smoking until i was like 34 but still I, I, I'd had a few tokes. No, yeah, I never did. I never did um, because I was, I, 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 I don't like to get caught for doing things. I really don't. Like, it's just, it's Who too much. Can, no, but if I can get away with something, then sure. But I saw my older brother and he was fumbling the ball bad with it. Like, he would always come home smelling like it. He's the one that started in grade seven. Um, and my mom would cussing and cussing and always angry and I'm like I can't get caught like it's just too risque plus she tell tell me like oh it's gonna make you schizophrenic my doctor said it's gonna give you lung cancer my teacher said it's gonna make you do heroin crack all that stuff 
right? I I remember growing up with that shit too. Yeah, I was like, what? But I was so confused because I'm like, it's a plant compared to all of the prescription drugs that are, um, you know, provided and the side effects literally say your kidneys are going to shut down. Like, I don't understand. So um, for years, I didn't try it. But then I started watching my brother as he grew up and he was, and he was, um, sorry, my friend was calling me. So good. He was um, doing straight A's leading in all sports that he played he didn't fumble at all he was um vp mvp of the year for basketball in college and he graduated with honors and i was like wait wasn't this supposed to make this guy schizophrenic and crazy and stupid and make us like kill his family and stuff and i don't see him doing any other drugs and all this stuff because other drugs would you know slow him down to a very big degree if he tried cocaine and heroin so in um, university, my roommate told me that you couldn't have a roommate that doesn't smoke weed. For some odd reason, something clicked and I was like, let me just give it a go. As soon as I puffed it, I was like in love. I was like, whoa, I could breathe. And I felt yes. like this magnetic field. Like I just felt, it was definitely, it had to have been an indica genetic in my head because it was had so much mercy in it. Um, at the time I didn't know that, but I was so interested afterwards. I was like, yeah. I have to like educate and learn about this. When I started smoking weed, it was when I got home from being arrested on the airplane and oh, wow. uh, for having a fucking panic attack, no less. Um, for those that don't know that story, I came home and I, I went to my neighbor and I was like, give me your weed. And she's like, you don't smoke. Like occasionally you'll talk, but you don't smoke. And I was like, give me your weed now. Because I knew like everything was going to come back, all the memories and everything. And I needed like... I needed something to cushion the blow of that and I haven't stopped and it has completely changed my life. That moment of like, I can breathe. I started dancing around my house. Like my mom asked me, she goes, do you need to go to the hospital? (laughs) She goes, cause you're dancing. Like, I'll take you to the hospital. Like I don't dance. I don't rap. Right. But I sat in my house and I did like a one hour Eminem style. I wish I had recorded it because it was so good. I know those ones. I I know those ones. And you're by yourself and you're like, da, 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 and it's just flowing. I, but that- dude, I, it never in my life. And I was like, I can't, I would have won an award for that shit. Like it was good. It was <laughs> the best good. things in life are never recorded. I used oh. to go to this place um, in downtown Vancouver and I would buy like a bag of their shake for 20 bucks. Cause whatever was in that shit, like shake is the stuff you're not supposed to smoke. No. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's like but it worked. It like, worked. Jeez, I miss the. I can't really say I miss the old days, like with finding people in the alley and stuff. But like the dime. I, I miss that. I miss, I miss the- that feeling of like I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> like ninja style. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I never had any chill. Like. I was so reckless. If a police officer, I was like, no, this is an herb. After I found out that, you know, like I was doing my research and stuff, I read up on the history. I was like, we've been bamboozled all our lives. Like, this is just not right. And I would tell my mom and she was like, no, it's still the worst drug because it's illegal. And I was like, the legalities of things, like you can put like law and order in front of everything, even your own health and well-being. Like, why would you do something like that? I find it so repulsive. What frustrates me is like my mom works with people who have, or she has for the last 20 years worked with people who have addictions to crack, to meth, to fentanyl, to all of it. 
and she still will not try it she refuses and i'm like you do understand like they're not the same and trying to explain that to the oldest the older generation is really frustrating because on one hand you want to support them when they're in pain or their mental health is suffering or their physical health is suffering but by the same token you're like here you go it works just take it just take it and shut up take the drugs no but this is okay so this is a fun fact that i found out um and i'm sure if i'm wrong somebody will correct me one day but like drug um is derived from the word drug which meant dried plant which was medicine but then they changed the word to uh, drug as in prescription drugs and stuff like that and i'm like you know that's medicine to a certain degree but back in the day like cannabis used to be in every medicinal prescription drug um on the market before like the 1930s ish going into like 1940s but i was like i don't understand like the switch from it and people have been yeah like it's been continuously making people more ill and i'm like this is literally an herb provided by earth like how are we handling it in this way i don't understand i do it's because in in predominantly non-black communities. (laughs) I'm trying to be as respectful as possible here. In predominantly non-black communities, you'll find a lot more booze than you will cannabis. That's just a fact. Yeah. And booze makes people stupid. It makes people drive. It makes people angry. It makes people hurt people. It causes a lot of damage. But in causing that damage, it also limits our brains. Yeah. Cannabis does the exact opposite. It opens up your brain. It makes you more aware. It makes you more accountable. I am more accountable for my behavior. Like if I do something that's really fucked up, you will see it on loudmouthbrowngirl.com. I will write about it eventually. Because part of my brand is being accountable. That comes from smoking weed and being like, yo, Devin, that was fucked up shit. And you need to (laughs) rectify that. Yeah, I like that though. when you're, you're on cannabis. Absolutely right. No, no. I'm saying that was one of the most well put explanations for why this may happen because that I'm is still gonna have a bunch of white people be like, you're a fucking asshole. Just no, why? No, but it's not that. It's not just white people. Honestly, it's because it's it's the it's systematic though. Like it was bred into us. It was definitely um programmed for us to believe and feel this type of way. Cannabis was used as medicine in all ancient history. And it really begs the question as to how come we don't know our bodies so much so that we don't know what's actually good for our health. Um, we were designed of- with a cannabinoid, cannabinoid system. Yes, the endocannabinoid system touches it every- exists inside our body specifically body. Yeah. to take on cannabis. And it's not just humans that have it, it's mammals in general, which shows the connection to earth and everything and then this medicine can really help bring you back to homeostasis if you use it properly effectively and with a purpose but that's what makes me so nervous about the this retail like this whole entire legalization because it's coming like a tsunami wave and it's hitting everybody in certain in different ways but one two things people don't understand how to register it this is the first time in history that people have had such access so much access with almost no governance to how to use it or education or, or know-with-all. The fact how to do that this. in a dispensary, people can't say, yeah. this is the dosage. That they can't talk to the clients 
about what, like, instead of eating Go five here. brownies, maybe start with half a brownie. Do you, maybe start with a third of a brownie. Like, they can't even say that much is frustrating because it locks people away from being able to access the information. And yeah, you can go to Leafly and you can go to Weed Maps, but like, who's telling the truth? Is Leafly the right answer? Is Weed Maps the right answer? Is cannabis.com the right answer? Who has, there's no like, there's no limit on the amount of information that we have. And there's nobody who is, with the exception of Canada, um, with Education, which is coming yeah. out soon with their yeah. cannabis education videos, which I hope you'll be a part of. I hope so too. <laughs> like, this is how much you take. This is how much you like. How do you counteract a bad high? Put pepper on your tongue. I didn't know that shit. Nicole had to tell me that. Yeah. There's also so many different other ways. Anything like citrus. Drinking coffee. Oh, yeah. Anything like that. You want to absorb it, but you don't want to use like catalysts like chocolate and stuff like that will actually ignite it and allow you it to run more rampant. Personally, um, I like the chocolate after a good high. Oh. Well, yeah, I'm because like, that, I'm like a kid in a candy store, chocolate all over my face and my fingers. Chocolate, chocolate really makes it, it accentuates the high in a savory type of manner. It's so like nice and like, ooh, lusty almost. It's delicious. Um, so, but it's I also just want to throw in there, just because Nicole's doing it soon, fadedliving.com is going to be doing videos with food and cannabis, which I'm so excited for. Because, I mean, you can put cannabis in anything, but like to learn how to do it properly, to be able to infuse it so that you get the best result and the best food. And it's going to be Jamaican food. Oh. I'm looking forward to it. Slap that. I'm looking forward to it <laughs> so, so much. I love food. You guys don't even understand. I love marijuana and food though. Like it just, oh, marijuana with food slaps. And I swear it's going to help, honestly, because there's certain terpenes that actually help to keep you away from eating too much. There's terpenes that help to stimulate the appetite as yeah, well. Yeah, I want to find that strain that stops me from stuffing my face when I smoke a joint. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely accumulation, the entourage effect, but they found that like humulene also found like hops and stuff like that found in beer um, helps to suppress the appetites in certain different ways. That's and bullshit. That's bull nope. because I've smoked weed and drink beer and then gone out to McDonald's with my friends for like five no, that's cheeseburgers the thing, after. But that's the thing. So while you're drinking the beer in the beginning, in the beginning, while you're drinking the beer and stuff like that, you're not too, too hungry. After hours and stuff like that, and the beer has been processed through your body and stuff, you get straight up hungry. And the same thing with like. Yeah. I've woken up and just been like ravenous in the middle of the yeah. night. Trust me, and like, and you want McDonald's ice cream. That's what every drunk person wants. The damn D, the 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 Oreo McFlurry. Can I get some fries? And some Oreo McFlurry, please. The ice cream. I've never wanted that. Day. No, are you serious? Here, I, it's breakfast. weird because when I I feel like when I get the munchies and I go to eat meat, specifically like, and I've done this before. I got drunk a couple of weeks ago just to get drunk because I hadn't for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this seems like a good Half idea. Time. <laughs> I ordered McDonald's in the middle of the night and I kept hearing Riz's voice in the back of my head. Like, why are you eating meat? Why are you putting that shit in your body? Why are you eating this? And I'm like, first of all, shut up, Riza. And then I get sick after and I'm like, no. And I get mad at him because like, it's his fault. I don't know why he doesn't know <laughs> me. I blame him. Hey, are you sure it wasn't the meat that was the problem that he got sick? <laughs> no. <laughs> I used to work at McDonald's and that's what people used to always come and ask for was, oh, can I get some, can, like in the middle of the night, can I get a McFlurry with some French fries, please? 
can I get a junior chicken burger with some onions and Thai sauce? Like it was so serious. Like I were like, <laughs> that was all that we were making. And people, some people, their Uber orders were weird. It was very, very weird. Somebody ordered a bag of ketchup one day, a bag of ketchup, one ketchup. I was like, this has to be a pregnant woman because there's no reason for someone to be ordering this at this time. It or a stoner. Be- I mean, stoners come up with some pretty weird Yeah. Things. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten when you've been stoned? Everything, like literally just eating everything at once. Um, I remember the story I always remember because it was absolutely like senseless the way I was eating. Um, we ordered from pizza pizza, like chicken, like obviously like the whole platter, you know, um, everything was full. We had the wedges, the pop, like the jalapeno poppers. We had all sorts of whatnots. My goodness, there was not one point in the time that I actually took the first bite to the time that the food was done did I not stop grabbing something? Like something was always in my hand. I was always reaching for something and I kept on going like this and I was eating for hours. And I was like, what is happening here? Like at one point I was talking to myself. I was like, Chantel, what's happening? And I was like, I don't know. My mouth and hands are just moving. Like I couldn't control it at all. You ever get that feeling where like, you can see your hands and your mouth moving, but it feels like someone else is in control. Yes, that's what it felt like. My body was just like its own being at that point. I was like, Chantel, relax. Like, yeah. I was like, because oh. <laughs> I'll watch you stuff your face. Like, no. I have been um, the highest I've ever been. I honestly felt like I was leaving my own body. Yes. It was like, I peace out. That. See you later, world. <laughs> and I have had the weirdest fucking dreams, man. Like, traveling through the universe psychotic like complete mental breaks of like insanity but yet I come back down I've also been the most creative I've ever been yeah well because so much is happening I think in your brain and stuff like that um and a lot despite people saying oh cannabis um kills your brain cells it actually allows for more oxygen to reach in your brain allowing for the breeding of cells to actually be born more rapidly so like so much is happening like so much is racing and stuff like that and i'm like yeah. yo and i, the way I definitely you- feel like um like i mean i built loudmouthbrowngirl.com being stoked yes <laughs> there's not a single post on there that was written sober <laughs> <laughs> I started my podcast when I was high. I was like, maybe this will be a good idea. I wrote my entire book, Uncomfortable, um, available on Amazon. Not so shameless plug. Um, completely stoned. Like I, I just sat down and wrote. And I asked me to tell you what the essays are about in there. I don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> I was just like, I should publish this now before I delete it. So I published it. Wow. Well, it's good that you're doing that type of stuff, though, because but that's you know, the thing. Like, like people say that you can't do shit, and I'm like, I wrote a book, and it's a good book. Like, it's well put it. together, is well thought out, it's well written. It teaches you a lot about being a woman of color. It teaches you how to raise kids of color and how to take care of their hair. Like, there are things in yeah. there that people don't talk about, right? So I know that it's a good book. Uh, wait what is it called again it's called uncomfortable Uncomfortable. yeah it's uh it's literally about being uncomfortable in your own skin and there's like in the back there's four pages of um helpline numbers 
And then in my new book, the first essay is about not committing suicide. Wow. Okay, it, and it's by, it's your name, Devon Hall, Hall right? Yeah. Okay. Are you looking for it now? Yes. <laughs> yes, of course I am. Own her brain so she doesn't forget. My, yeah. Uh, I think I put on here, yeah, I think we covered like everything. We've talked about mental health. We've talked about sisterhood. We've talked about cannabis. Anything yeah. else you want to talk about? The CBD. You know, I did. I CBD, which is why I asked you to come on. Okay. Professional moment. Because no, it's gets you high. I, sorry? THC gets you high. Yeah. Why the hell should I give a crap about CBD if it doesn't get you high? Oh my gosh, because there's so many different benefits to CBD other than the high. First off, the experience of being high with cannabis is not based just solely on THC. We have to look at everything THC is being accompanied by. It's like the Afro-Canadian bud sisters. Let's just pretend that the Afro-Canadian bud sisters is an actual cannabis bud. And there's so much it will work. Be one day. Yeah, no, but like, it's like a bud. Um, and there's so many different intricate parts. Every one of us represents a different compound within the cannabis herb. Um, so in that bud, and we all work together, communicate and all that stuff. Just if it was just Khadijah, you know, and you know, Natalie wasn't there, or you weren't there, or Ayana wasn't there, then certain things wouldn't function. It wouldn't be as popping. It wouldn't be as, uh, you know, people wouldn't be communicating and, uh, you know, talking the way that we do, because every single one of you brings a certain spice to the experience of the butt. So that's why if you're only taking THC isotope by itself, sometimes it just doesn't feel the same as when you have a full butt. Um, sometimes if you have a THC at 16% and everything, the terpene profile is at like a 2.5%, you can get the highest you've ever been. But if you have something that is just THC at 25% and then the terpene profile is at like what, uh, 0.8, you won't get high. And you're like, what happened? Well, because it's not- I, I've definitely had strains that are like, it says it's 25% and I'm like, that what ain't happened? no 25%. No, but it could have tested at 25, but you have to ask yourself, what about the other compounds that are inside yeah. there? Like the terpenes and the flavonoids. How did you flush your cannabis? How do you cure your cannabis? What's the moisture content before you put it in the jar? How long has it been growing and all that stuff and drying before you put in it and that package date and all that stuff? So all of those things matter. It's just, we don't have access to those answers as much as we should, but we're working on it to get those answers because it really does matter. But CBD, brings a lot to the table. Actually, it protects you during your experience with THC. Yes, THC is absolutely, it's amazing. It's glorif like it's, it's just, it has a lot of its own nutritional benefits for your body, but sometimes it can run a little bit too rampant and your body has a natural way to react to too much THC, but sometimes it can just be a little bit late adjusting to that. Um, so CBD actually puts a lasso on the THC and allows you to feel that blissness without it bleeding into every single thing else and making you anxious or making you paranoid, depressed, all that stuff. It's just your body is not able to catch up with what's happening. 
it's being too overly stimulated. But the CBD puts a last on it. It's like, whoa there, buddy. And then it's interacting with your body in different ways. Like it interacts with serotonin, I believe, which helps to regulate your mood and your emotions and all that stuff. So it is psychoactive. It's just not intoxicating. I have nothing to say. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like you speak so well. Yeah. Like, like I know you speak so well to the plant and, and to the importance of being aware of all of the things that like, I didn't know this stuff when I first started smoking and I had no idea where to look. And yeah. I, um, we talked earlier about how the bud sisters have opened up so many opportunities. Um, I'm a part of education now, and we're going to be doing chill and chats where we're going to have professionals like yourself come on and answer questions from patients from live on the air um who want to know this stuff we didn't have this 20 years ago it would be my pleasure i would be absolutely blessed to do that my whole entire thing is like honestly as educated as we all are we're going to be more successful so i really want people to know how to use this properly because it's their journey like something like yes cannabis does not kill nobody has ever found an overdose yes it makes us happy but it's still a foreign substance and there's a science to using this. It's not, we don't have to be just because it's there, we have to use it. If we are going to use it, at least be a little bit more conscious about it because it's affecting your body. It's literally touching every single part of yourself. Um, and you know, in different levels, not just physically, but emotionally, your mood and your heart and your soul, it can literally move your emotions. So you need to protect that because that is you. Um, and it's interacting with you on that level. So basically, you're really interacting with yourself in a different way than you ever have. And if it you're not- It opens the doors just spiritually even to the idea that, like I found my tribes and I say tribes because I have multiples now um, because I started smoking weed. Yeah. I found That's my it. passion, which is LMBG and writing my books because I started smoking weed all these good things that are happening, even when on days when I'm like, I'm miserable and I'm sad and I'm upset. I know it's because I haven't taken a joke that day, right? Like my body has come to depend on feeling good. And I only feel good because of cannabis. Yeah. It's, it's a weird partner because everybody thinks it's something so intimate has to be with another person and all this stuff. But really the relationship with cannabis is so intimate with yourself finding yourself, what matters, what you can relate to, how you actually, sometimes I can stare at myself in the mirror for like so long, but on a day-to-day -day basis, if I'm not like smoking or anything, I don't really pay much attention to myself. I'm at the back of my mind, but then when I'm smoking cannabis, I'm like really interested in how I feel. Yeah. And that helps me connect with other people so much more because I have no inhibitions and I'm not really nervous because I'm more confident. I know what I'm bringing to the table and I'm learning every single day and people that I'm meeting, their interactions with cannabis is so beautiful as well. And I want to make sure that we protect that experience. And if you have had a bad experience, there's a way to get past it. I'm pretty sure almost, I want to say 99% because I can never know everything, but um, I definitely want there's, to say- There's like, definitely a way to get past it. I mean, I've been so paranoid and I've said this before. I once called the cops because I got high and mm -hmm. I went to sleep and I woke up and I was like, someone broke in and stole my wallet. And he's like, they left your TV, they left your computer and they stole your wallet. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I know how this sounds, yeah. but I did something. I had just come out about my story and talking about everything I had been through. And I was convinced that they were gonna come kill me. 
And he's like, did you check all over your house? And he left. And I went and I checked my dresser and sure enough, there was my wallet. So I've had bad paranoid experiences. Yes. Smoking. Because you're going to have bad experiences with anything you try for the first time. And you just have to find the right balance. Yep. And it takes that dedication and commitment to know that. Because a a big thing with cannabis too is it's not necessarily like it takes over you and you become phased. It's almost like a puppet master. And it actually heightens the person that you are in the state that you are in. And sometimes it unlocks and taps into the fact that you are actually naturally a happy person. That's why people are so moved and they're like, wow, like I'm giggly, I'm I'm, I'm happy and this and this, because that's how you naturally are. But if there's something really on your mind and gnawing at you, you can get real anxious and paranoid. I've experienced it multiple times. And I'm like, you know what? And I knew I was experiencing that before I consumed the cannabis. So I can only say and take accountability that was on me. Like I I knew and I played with fire for a second there. Um, It takes the moments of really like paying attention to yourself and saying like, I really do matter and make sure that this experience really is gonna take me the step further to, you know, better myself. I'm comparing to myself, not necessarily anybody else because everyone's cannabis journey is different. Not everybody does want to smoke cannabis, but you don't have to smoke cannabis to actually feel the effects, you know, um, have the benefits of it. You can juice cannabis. Um, you can even like burn it as incense. Who cares? You know, what have you, but there's different ways, even getting into like, you can drink it. Yeah. Do not inject it into your freaking veins. There's somebody who does it, I'm sure. There's somebody. No, there There's was. Oh. There was a guy like three weeks ago who injected yeah. mushrooms into his veins because he thought Whoa. that was deal with his bipolar disorder. Don't do that. Whoa, sure. How yeah. is that? <sighs> he ended up um, with liver failure and had shrooms growing inside his skin. Don't do that. And it's like legit, I understand dude was just looking for something to help. But that's why it's so important for us to have these conversations. I'm trying not to laugh. So don't laugh because I feel bad for the dude. Don't laugh. I can't, shit. It's, that's why it's so important. I can't even look at you. For us to have these conversations. I God damn it. I, so it that is, people no, it is know how to, how to ingest these medications. Because like, look, whether you like it or not, psychoslibulin i'm not even pronouncing that properly um mushrooms is another form of medication it, uh, everything is so actually, everything not everything. it's a matter not of everything right <laughs> well no everything is like there are people who, who i'm not going to recommend it i'm not going to advocate for it but there are people who use meth and fat and crack and heroin and they are functioning fine they go to work they get their bills paid they treat their family with respect they're perfectly happy it's well, yeah, rare but it happens point. Yeah, no, you pick your poison. Actually, that's right. It's how you use it. Honestly, you can literally drown in too much water, but it's essential for you to use in some way, shape or form. So um, it's just how you're using it, how frequent it is. Are you conscious about your use and stuff like that? People just don't. The thing that we lack a lot is our discipline. It's really hard and we don't match our discipline to other things that matter in our life that really need to, you know, our focal point needs to be at and so it's That's really true. Hard. And when we find something where the pain stops for a little while yeah we end up overdosing because we're like oh the pain has stopped like when i got drunk a couple weeks ago i don't drink very often but i bought a bottle of wine specifically because i was like i need to just i need to just be drunk i need yeah. to just be out of control for a while 
And I sat there and I, even as I was drinking, I'm like, yeah, this feels good. And I can understand why people will get drunk on a regular basis. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, but I can't do it. Like, I don't have the physicality to be drunk every night, but I can smoke weed every day and I don't get a hangover. No, but the thing is too, like, that's the situation people, it's the escape factor because one thing we forget is that we technically have control over our lives in certain degrees, ways, shape, or form, even like choosing our pain. Like pain is inevitable. Um, we came into this world and it was painful. We're going to leave. It's going to be painful. <laughs> like it's just pain is everywhere. It's a promise to us, but there's pain that you can choose and there's pain that you don't want to go through, but because we don't really control our lives in that situation, um, we find ourselves there more often than not. So it's really understanding that we need to shift from, you know, this stuff is happening to me to I'm prepared for what's going to happen because I know that this is what I'm going to have to go through in order to get to where I need to go. You know, it's like the pain, the difference of like, I don't know, it's like going through the pain of like learning how to do something new or educate yourself. I feel like it's about accepting that sometimes you're just powerless. Yeah. Like when you are attacked and abused and traumatized, you can't control that. And exactly. you can't control how you're going to feel afterwards. But exactly. you do know that, or you learn that going through that pain will take you to a better place. It sucked that I got arrested, but because I got arrested, the cop called me a loudmouth brown bitch. Because he called me that, I started loudmouth brown girl. Because I started that, I wrote a book. Because I wrote a book, I started a podcast. Because I started a podcast, I got to meet the Bud Sisters. And yeah. on and on it goes, right? So it's like, yeah, these things suck but look at the other side of what has happened as a result of having What's gone through exactly. and, yeah. and, and you and for 500 other women at least cannabis has been a part of that journey absolutely you have that a nice smile <laughs> you have such a great smile Thank you so much. I've actually been practicing this smile my entire life like when I was younger I still, I, I have this picture when I was like six years old or something, maybe even younger. And I, my face was so straight faced. I did not smile. Like, yeah. Like this. Yeah. And my, every time I'd hear people saying like, why don't you smile? Why don't you smile? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to have the best smile ever. And I used to practice in the mirror. Like you know, I smile. Um, and then like my, in the beginning, it was real rough. This is an actual story. Like I was practicing my smile my whole life. Um, but now I've gotten to a point where I can smile and it's like really genuine too because sometimes you would smile through your pain and it's it's weird because you would just be like you know I can get over it with just a smile even though the smile does change how your body's reacting chemically within yourself but if you truly aren't getting over what it is that's bothering you like it's essential you have to because then the smile will become nothing more than a facade too you know so um I finally become your mask I love that yeah and I I want people to I'm so happy that I met all of you like you don't even know like I'm literally I wake up I get it people on the outside will never understand like is and I've said this to Kanisha I've said this to Natalie it's like being a part of a sorority it is so special and it's it's something that like we will pass on to our daughters we will pass on to our nieces they will bring in their friends like I, Bud Sisters, as a brand, as a community, as an organization, as a business, as a whatever, it is changed lives. And all it is, like, really is a Facebook group. Yep. 
Like that's what it, it started out as like a Facebook group just to see if we could find people that would want to smoke weed with us on Zoom. And now we're like manifesting shit. We're talking about mental health. We smoke together. If one of us has a bad day, the rest of us are there. Like yeah. one sister, I won't say who, she went celibate. I owe her a hoodie. She was celibate for 30 days. I was like, if you hold on to that, like we keep each other accountable. Yeah. Oh, I like that too, because it's so hard to keep yourself accountable for things. Like it really is um, on a day-to-day basis. So it's really nice to have that little like alarm clock, almost best friend to say, Hey, did you get it done? You know, um, just pop it in. Cause Hey, hello. <laughs> and it's, it's not even like pushy or anything, but it's like a really something you should really be thankful for. Cause it's like, wow. Um, I have this person thinking of me like to be in someone's thoughts is amazing to be in someone's thoughts in a positive way is like, a plus 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 plus. plus. <laughs> <It's> so- <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, no. I could I could talk to you forever, and I <laughs> I have this problem when it comes to the bud sisters. Like me and Kadisha, if she had time, I would sit there and I would talk her ear off forever because I just love talking to her. I love talking to my bud sisters. We have so much in common. One of the things that I'm gonna start doing, and I got this from Kelly's Green Lounge, um, when I did a show with her the other day yeah is i'm gonna start ending all of my podcasts and my live streams with your favorite superhero <gasps> who's your favorite superhero oh my gosh. okay if you don't have one you'll be the only bud sister that does it no no i do have a favorite superhero but ugh. okay so my superficial favorite superhero has to be iron man he's just like really yeah that's my honestly Iron Man, because of the intelligence that he has and the okay, confidence. I see that. The fact that he, he sacrifices himself, even though he looks like a pompous a-hole, as some people would say, he ultimately knows that what needs to be taken and he does it anyways, even if it's his life. And I'm like, yo, because for the greater good of the fact that, you know, life is temporary and stuff like that, like you don't have to be I the feel one. like that's not superficial. Okay, that's yes. That's <laughs> Yeah, no, I love iron man so much the concept of him i was like wow like and he made himself into a hero he doesn't have that like you know um fighting ability like other people have no, like, I, you're right around. he started off just being like i need to create something so i can get the hell out of here and go mm-hmm. home to my life and he becomes the ultimately sacrificed superhero yeah and i really enjoyed that um but if I was to say in real life right now, it'd be Khadija. Khadija is like my hero right now. I definitely have to, because I've really been noticing, like, that's why I said superficial, because that character doesn't really exist. But there are characters in my life today that I'm coming across that I'm like, these people are heroes. Like, I don't care what anyone tells me. They they have superpowers that nobody's giving them credit for. And I have to give credit where credit's due. And I've come across, like, many superheroes. Like, I do Bible study, and I really haven't been really affiliated with any type of religion. But I really do want to educate myself on what's happening and what people talk about, because I want to connect with people. And understand history to a certain degree and that my leader there auntie jackie um hero for me my biz start people team heroes you're becoming a hero to me just coming into, i'm not even kidding like in order for and i'm not even joking like hero. no i i feel you like when kadisha started her podcast my first thought was she's gonna kill it like i don't need any more competition and then i look at her and i'm like okay 
now I'm going to do you one better. Like I, in my own head, I compete with her because mm-hmm. she inspires me to push myself to do things like a live video. I fucking yeah. hate live videos. I don't want to <laughs> see my face. I've gained so much I don't want to do it. But because Kavita is doing such a good job on her podcast, I'm doing live videos for my podcast now with you because I need to get more comfortable being in front of the computer, right? Or being in front of the, the camera. Like she's I love pushing it. me to be a better brand ambassador. And I feel like that's what superheroes do. You know what though? You know what? I'm just going to give you credit where credit's due though. Even though you're saying she's pushing you, it's you that's pushing you to do that. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like Khadijah, like she's there, she's doing her thing. And the fact that you guys are doing it together is absolutely amazing, but that's you doing it. And that's what makes you a hero because it's hard to see yourself on camera. Even if like, I'm sure anybody would feel it no matter what you're going through. It's a really hard thing you have to try. I also hate it too because I'm like, like if I could do this and like the camera could see my face, but I couldn't see my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It's just, it's hard, but I'm like, it's an, it, I'm so happy that you're doing it because more people who look like you will be able to be like, huh? Somebody like me? Like, whoa. Like, yeah, that's crazy. the cool part. That's the, that's, that's so the cool crazy. side benefit is when people come to you and they're like, you did this for me or you did that for me. And I'm like, yeah. that's cool. I Cause I started it out it. being selfish as hell. No, but like Khadijah already said it though. And that's the, that is right there yeah. showing you like, wow like you're really doing something and me having this opportunity to be here like I can also try to I don't even know when like I talk a mile a minute people say it's a problem that I have but I really do enjoy it I'm like this is just my life I just want to put this on the record since this is the first live video I've ever done um brown girls who get told that they talk too much should respond with shut the fuck up I'm still talking (laughs) straight up straight up okay because we were born to talk. We had 400 years where we were not allowed to talk. Mm-hmm. He's writing it That's down. True. Yeah. No, seriously. That's <laughs> going to right. be my next post. Quote. <laughs> Don't <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up. I'm still talking. God. Right. I might name that after my, my second book. All right. Um, we're way past That's our time here. Where can people find you on social media? Master of Marijuana is um, where you'd find all my handles for like Snapchat, YouTube even. Um, I haven't posted in a while, but Instagram predominantly. And then Chantel Philpots for like Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. What about Twitter? I Okay, Master of Marijuana for Twitter as well, but I have not worked on that. Um, I'm just there for like, I'm floating around. Twitter, I have to get on. Twitter, I have to get on TikTok. I gotta get everybody on Twitter. I feel like the Bud Sisters need to, all of us who have Twitter accounts, need to just take over Twitter one day and just start tweeting about our stuff. Yeah, why not? I do it like that. If I have a purpose to do something, I just don't know. Like there's so, I'm born in 1961. Despite how young I look, I am just not looking. I know. No, I mean like my soul is from that. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I, I want whatever so you're smoking today. <laughs> Your eyes got so wide. Oh my god. I know black don't crack, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah, so I was born in 1961 and technology and I are not the best friends. So definitely have to learn up on the social 
I'm telling you, social media is the new public. Like it's literally the new public. It is. I it's what? weird because I, I used know. to go to social media to get away from the world, and now the world's where I go to get away from social media. Right? And I've had people come wow. up to me before and they're like, Hey, you're the Ladmouth Brown girl. For the record, don't do that. Don't Doesn't if you know me about. on Twitter and you see me in real life, I will run like a scared animal. Like <laughs> it's the freakiest thing. No, uh, that's so much fun. Like, I can't no. wait until someone says that. Hey, you're, you're mom, master of marijuana. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Just yell. No. Oh my gosh, thank you. you could, no, I could be standing next to Brad Pitt. Don't come near me. Talk to him. I, I want <laughs> nothing to do with the fame. I don't, like, I didn't want to do this because I don't want my face out there. But by yeah. the same token, I want LMBG to be my brand. And I want to make money off of it so that I can avoid being in the world. So in order for that to happen, I have to put my face there. It's an odd sacrifice, but I guess <laughs> put yourself in the world in order to get away from the world. I Let want to get rich. I want to buy Johnny Depp's fuck off island. I oh, want to put a fence around it. And I want to just like be outside the world for a while. Not forever. Just a while, just a little bit, just a couple of years. I yeah. feel as though if I start traveling, like I'm trying to get all, I'm trying to wrap up all my things here because as soon as I start traveling, I'm gone. Like people are gonna be like, do you remember Chantel? Chantel who? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Like- That's gonna be me. Hmm? That's gonna be me. Yeah, like Find I just- my mom a house, home. get her like an assistant to cook for her and clean for her and do all that stuff for her. And then mm. I'm gone, like peace out deuces like you guys aren't gonna see i'm gonna come back with a beard and everything it's <laughs> like what happened to you <laughs> all right thank y'all for listening i'm devin j hall you can find me on twitter at devin j hall this has been chantelle philpots and she is absolutely amazing and uh this is this is it we're done <laughs> deuces <laughs>